Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's sound? How's sound? Speed! Alright, guys. Alright, one take. Alright, mark it. Alright. Action! Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. Floating pictures, it's so great. Movies. So join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Hey, everybody, how's it going? It's a Film and You Win Easter special podcast. <laughs> it's me, Max, and I'm with Juliet. Hello. How's it going? Happy Easter. We're big, huge Easter fans. Yeah. We love jelly beans. Yeah. We wanted something that reminded us of Jesus Christ, our <laughs> personal saviors. And we picked uh, mall rats. Yeah. Because when we were discussing about doing a special Easter movie, it dawned on us, besides Jesus movies, there's really no <laughs> Easter movies. Right. Because I suppose like Jesus movies are mainly would be Easter's Easter movies. Easter's usually involved. But is there movies about actual Easter, like a Will Ferrell comedy where it's right. like the family's in town for Easter? <laughs> well, I think it's more like there will be a couple horror films here and there that might have some Easter themes there, to them. I saw one where it's like an Easter bunny that kills people. Yeah. Uh, I never saw it. I yeah. don't even know what it's called. And then I, I kind of came up with it quick, but I said, well, mall rats. And I was all in. There's an Easter bunny in the mall, so it right. kind of takes place around Easter. No, this was a big one of those movies that I used to watch over and over again in college. Like, I listened to the commentary. I was very into Kevin Smith. So Mallrats, you, you watched it in college? A lot in college. Okay, so I was introduced to this in middle school. Did not know who Kevin Smith was, who Jay and Silent Bob was. I was with my cousin, and he we rented the VHS Watched it in the basement. Mm-hmm. And that was my exposure. That was my first time seeing Mall Rats. Okay. And then throughout high school for me, this is a very cult classic along right. the high schoolers while I was growing up. People would dress like them, quote this movie, very quotable film mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, I just didn't get into it until I was in college and like Netflix started coming around and I kind of got to pick my own movies. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Mall Rats is a very rewatchable film. Yeah. Uh, but... I think it's safe to say for us, upon watching this version of Mallrats, well, not this version, but just watching Mallrats, it's been a while. Yeah. It hasn't um, technically aged in like a way that I think, like I think nostalgia-wise, it ages well for us, people that experience those, those, that decade, but I don't think a lot of people could watch it now that have n- no real memory of the 90s and get it and like it as much as yeah. we did. I mean, I think there's a lot of elements that did not age well. Um, there's some actors that did not age well in their careers past <laughs> this movie. But yeah, obviously for us, we kind of grew up with this film, mm-hmm. watched it several times. But it's I'd be curious to know how much a younger generation is watching this movie. Right. As well. Or is it just kind of, it was in that generation. Well, it's not free on Netflix, so how are they supposed to watch it? They're not <laughs> going to pay three ninety nine to watch this movie. And there's no longer video stores to go get videos these no. days. There was rumor for a while that Kevin Smith was going to make them all rats too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, in my opinion, after seeing Clerks 2... <laughs> I'm glad he didn't make Mallrats 2. Well, he's working on the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and everyone's in it. Yeah, everyone, of course, will be in it. Um, 
which I thought Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back was the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, but then I thought Clerks 2 was a Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Well, now all we're his just movies, do all his movies involve Jay and Silent yes. Bob, but I would say Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was really just kind of the first. I Jay loved and, that movie. <laughs> that was like the first Jay and Silent Bob movie, though, correct? Yeah, that I was mean, their movie. That was their movie because the other ones, um, they always have this. In it. They're always yeah. on the side. They're trying to sell. They're just weed. like a cameo. It's the like you know. Right. Exactly. Kevin Smith obviously is Silent Bob, so it's his. Right. His part, his cameo in his own movies. Um, I when I saw this movie, I didn't even know who Kevin Smith was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a young man, so I wasn't really exposed to Kevin Smith. This is his second film mm-hmm. that he made under his what ask. What, what is the production called? View Askew. View Askew Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, the Askewniverse. Yeah, and then it was later that I found out, oh, the director is that silent guy yeah. that likes Batman. Yeah, which he said he decided to make Bob Silent Bob because he couldn't act. Yeah. Which, yeah. sorry, Kev, we watched you and Degrassi. It's true. <laughs> you were not an actor. <laughs> That's right. They had the Degrassi Canada, right? Like De- we're they're well, in Degrassi for like a season finale. It's like a two-part yeah, episode. Yeah, it's Degrassi, or, or it's um, the 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 story in Degrassi is that Kevin Smith is coming to do Jay and Silent Bob do Canada A. So there, but there's multiple. So then there's, there's multiple multiple times that Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes have appeared in Degrassi. Gotcha. The Next Generation. Gotcha. So like several different episodes. Yeah, I think like I think Kevin Smith is in about four episodes of Degrassi: Next Generation. Gotcha. All right, interesting. Yeah. Mallrats, though, I think if you look at the whole scope of all his movies, for me, I'm maybe not as much of a hardcore fan as some. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them all. Yeah. But I haven't really rewatched them all. I do like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, but I think this one is his best one. I would say. You Mal- think Mallrats is the best? I'd say Mallrats is, is the best. That is not a popular opinion because most people say it's the lower end of the spectrum there. Really? Yeah. Most people say... Well, like the the buzz on the internet, to quote Kevin Smith himself, is that it's not not good. I think People Cler- do not like it. I think Clerks was his kind of Richard Linklater artsy mm-hmm. version of the film. Um, I like Clerks as mm-hmm. well. It felt Mallrats was a combination where it's Kevin Smith's humor, mm-hmm. and it's also like his his reoccurring actors that he likes to use, and it invented some pretty kind of like fun characters. And then on top of it, though, it felt like Kevin Smith as a director just kind of let this movie breathe a little bit. Well, he also got a six point one million dollar budget, and then it bombed. Well, yeah, that's right. It bombed. But I think movies like this weren't going to succeed in theaters. Yeah, but you want to you want to make a profit, which it did not. Um, you don't want to make a profit. You don't want to be too cocky. <laughs> it's it's nice oh, to take a loss. Max, you know? the filmmaker. It's okay. You can I lose. I like my movies to not do well. I purposely asked for a six million dollar budget because I plan on only bringing two million back. <laughs> well, that's like when I borrow money. Now you are a part of the universe. Like, all right. We're going to do the film focus. We're going to talk about this Easter movie, mm-hmm. Mall Rats. Mm-hmm. I've got my bonnet on. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to, uh, hopefully for all you listening, this will be a trip down memory lane. <laughs> um, Mall Rats came out in 1995, so it's been out for about 24 years now. <laughs> Math in that? 
I was doing some quick math. It's been out for almost, it's almost uh, hitting 25 years old. Yeah. But um, if you haven't got around to it yet, uh, we're going to spoil most of Mallrats. Yep. So this might be time to pause this and just watch this movie Mallrats. Yeah. Otherwise, if you VHS. don't care. Also, if you do not care about spoilers, then buckle up because we're going to talk about Mallrats. We are. So uh, spoilers ahead and let's do it. I am ready, Max. All right, let's do it. Let's get into the film focus. Hey, hey, Hocus Pocus, it's the film focus. Small Rats was released October 20th, 1995. Mm-hmm. 24 years old. Okay. About some people that just like to hang out at a mall. Right. Is that the definition of a mall rat? I guess From- so. They said, I think it was a... Ben Affleck's character, Shannon Hamilton, said, you have no shopping agenda. Yeah, he's just, so, he's just no hanging out here. Agenda, just hang out. I mean, what else are you going to do in the 90s? Um, Buy stuff? No. So no money. So, Juliet, were you ever a mall rat? I was a mall rat. You were a mall rat? Yeah, when I was like probably 13 to 15, I was a bit of a mall rat. We'd, just, um, we'd go to White Marsh Mall in Baltimore and hang out. Go to Hot Topic. Never really buy anything. Or we go to Spencer's. Okay, that was a good one. Dirty things. Um, but that was about it. It was, it was a lot of like just hanging out, like leaning on on the balcony, looking at people. My mom would send me to the mall. I'd be wearing one thing, and then like once I got there, I'd do a whole like make my shorts shorter, make my shirt tighter, tie it up. So, oh, so you were like a scandalous mall rat. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. I would normally leave for the mall in full hoodie and sweatpants. And then when I get to the mall, I'd just tear it off in a minute, tanked up in short shorts. Wow. So you, you would say like the, the term mall rat, like in your youth, you would hang out at malls. Yeah. Similar to how these characters no hang out. No shopping agenda. No shopping agenda. I wasn't just like, as, to do. you know, I wasn't. These, these characters were high school graduates. They were in college, like going to graduate college soon. So we were very different in lifestyle-wise than these mall rats were in this movie. But yeah, we would just hang out. So you had a mall in your town where you grew up. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Baltimore. Gotcha. So you had a mall. Yeah. See, where I grew up, uh, the nearest mall when I was growing up was 20 minutes away, like down the highway. Uh So, you know, when people got their license, sometimes we'd go to the mall, but usually it was actually with a shopping agenda, mm-hmm. and then there would be some hangout in between. I don't think I really had as much of an experience of, let's say, hey, what are you doing? Let's just go to the mall today. Right. I've never really had that. Um, but watching this movie, I could see it be fun uh, mm-hmm. to do that. There was a mall in the town where I grew up, but it uh, kind of closed down by the time I was like, yeah. of age to... Yeah. Um, around these characters' age to just go hang out. Mm-hmm. But I can still understand that when you're in high school and really got nothing to do, sometimes you would just go to the mall and hang out. Right. I guess, like, for me, it was by the time you're in high school and you have a car, now you have a chance to do other things. The mall, the mall rat time of my life was really just because your parents just drop you off at the mall because you don't want to hang out with your parents, but they don't want you running amok, so they send you to the mall and you steal earrings from Claire's. Oh, ooh, you would steal from the mall. I mean, not all the time. They're, they could be listening right now. Claire's, the, the CEO of Claire's is listening. 
You damn kids. <laughs> I'm going to find her. Um, Claire's is not a sponsor of this show. Interesting. I wonder, because I don't know what the kids are up to these days. Mm. But interesting, the era we're in right now. Are malls still a thing? I mean, malls still exist. Well, yeah, That's I know. where the okay. Apple store is usually. I know that malls still exist, but are malls really still a thing? I mean, you can buy anything online now. I know. You can shop. Well, I mean, you and I have been to malls recently. Well, like you said, it's it's mainly because i got to get my phone fixed. Right. I don't think I've ever been to the mall of like, ooh, it's time to just hang out at the food court. I think the mall situation is if you're in a place where, oh, crap, I need this and I need it tomorrow. We've gone to the mall to buy clothes for weddings that were like, oh, crap, we have to leave for that wedding tomorrow. The thing I thought I was going to wear doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. It, oh, crap. Mall, this wedding came out of oh, nowhere. Crap. Yeah. Oh, crap. We procrastinated the longest we can possibly procrastinate. I normally That's get, the only reason you go to a mall. I normally get save the dates uh, like a day before. <laughs> hey, save the date. Oh, crap. It's tomorrow. I didn't say it wasn't our fault, but I'm saying that's what we use malls for now. I don't think that people go shopping at more like Christmas unless it's, again, the last minute procrastination. You just do it online. Everything's cheaper. Do you think uh, kids these days around the age of our characters actually hang out at malls? No. And I, don't, I honestly, like, it's hard for me to believe that kids their age did in the 90s, but they didn't seem that, you know, well, not well off. <laughs> they didn't seem like they cared. Um, but yeah, I think, like, they're in college, so you have other things to do when you're in college. And even in high school, it's a little weird for me because once you get a car, you don't need to be going to the mall and hanging out and not buying anything. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's kind of interesting because it seems like it would be um, if maybe that was an era thing. That maybe. was more to like hang out at malls because malls a new thing. We didn't really have mm-hmm. the internet. And... Maybe they're just the Kevin Smith characters. Like not everybody hangs at a convenience store. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Kevin Smith had a thing. He had Mm -hmm. one where people just hang out at, um, like, a convenience store, and Mm -hmm. now it's, like, people hanging out at a mall. Mm -hmm. It was, like, an interesting concept, but Mm -hmm. um, I I just don't think, like, this would exist in this day and age, like, hanging out at a mall. It just feels like malls are going to be ancient pretty soon. Well, I mean, there's so many malls that are just abandoned at this point. On On the lines of, like, Kevin Smith... Being a creator of these characters, like I think that's one of his strongest things is is just taking this concept and building kind of great characters and stories off of it that are just likable misfits. That's what the, they were in Clerks. That's what they are in Mallrats. And it's also great from like a film because it really just this most of this film just exists at the mall. Yeah, there's some scenes in the beginning where we get to see their houses and where they're mm-hmm. living. They go to the flea market for a little bit. For, for the most part, we're at we're this at mall. At the mall. And we don't really leave the mall no. at all until like a little uh, finale where we just see where everyone ends up. Epilogue. Let's talk a little bit about the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, this stars Jason Lee as Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy London, not to be confused with Jason London. Right. Playing T.S., his best friend, mm-hmm. his BFF. Mm-hmm. Brody's dating um, Renee, played by Shannon Doherty. Our, our second Shannon Doherty film. Yes, we talked about Heather's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're making our way through the catalog of Shannon yes, Doherty. Yes, thank God. I've we'll, always wanted a Shannon Doherty podcast. We'll be done next week. And uh, Brandy, who's played by Claire Forlani. 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 Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I don't really I, I recognize her, but I don't I can't put my finger on any other movies that she was in. She was in Meet Joe Black. Oh, starring oh, Brad Pitt. Duh. <laughs> Before this, she only had one movie though, and it was Police Academy Mission to Moscow. So it was like the Police Academy reunion movie that was like ten years after the original. Okay, interesting. She's in a decent amount of stuff, but I mean. Nothing really stands out except for that yeah. Joe Black. And then, of course, we have a bunch of side characters throughout this. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Affleck is in it. Uh, he plays a jerk that works at the men's warehouse or yeah. men's fashion. Which was his third jerk role in a row. Like, his first three movies really were School Ties, Dazed and Confused, and Ball Rats. And he kind of played a douche in all three of them. Yeah, definitely. He kind of was always like the villain sort of yeah. antagonist. Uh, Joy Lauren Adams, that is as 90s as it comes. Yeah. Um, she's also in Chasing Amy and yeah. we saw her later in Big well, Daddy. after Mallrats, see, I told you I'm a commentary whore for Kevin Smith movies. I listened to the commentary for all of this. I found out that after Mallrats, he started dating Joey Lauren Adams and he wrote Chasing Amy for her, like with her in mind. I did not know they dated. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I get her sometimes confused with uh, Renee Zellweger a little bit. Yes. Well, which... not Renee Zellweger then, not Renee Zellweger now. With her new face. Yeah. Fa- they did face off. Face off. <laughs> Starring Renee Zellweger and Nicolas Cage. Uh, Jason Mewes plays Jay. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith plays Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. But we also have like other characters like Ethan Soupley. Who plays William, and he's mm-hmm. just trying to find a sailboat in the Magic Eye for most of this film. And then he went on with Jason Lee to uh, play his brother on My Name is Earl. That is true. My Name is Earl. Uh, yeah, that was like Jason Lee's, like, that's like really, I've arrived. Like, because he was always kind of playing those bit characters. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even realize that, too. That yeah, Ethan Suckley plays show. his brother. That show, I'm, I'm, I'm still to this day angry angry that it ended like it did on like a cliffhanger and they just did it get canceled or something? yeah oh i didn't know it got yeah. canceled oh that is a really good show though a few others uh michael roker who we mm-hmm. who we both love uh mm-hmm. plays brandy's dad in the movie slash producer of the date show mm-hmm. uh truth or date yeah and uh he hates ts hates him hates him so much and also a man named stan lee plays himself in the movie Aww. Uh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. This movie screams 90s when you watch it. The cast screams 90s. Yeah. But I think that's what kind of makes it great. And I can't tell if it just makes it great because this happens to be a movie from our generation. And watching it now is just like kind of just brings up all the nostalgic mm-hmm. of how many times we've rewatched it to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this, that. I know. Um, I'm 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 starting to be embarrassed by how much I know about this movie just from remembering the number of times I listened to the commentary because with all of these movies I would watch them over and over again then I was like oh well I want to watch it again but I, I should be different and try to learn from it so then I would listen to the commentary and then find myself listening to the commentary version over and over again yeah this no, is my life. This I should have been at the mall. <laughs> this is us. Um, no offense to Kevin Smith, but I have no interest in listening to a Kevin Smith commentary whatsoever. Um, no, once again, no offense. Uh, he's had a great career. Uh, there's something about just, I'm already watching his movie. I don't know if I want to watch him talk about his movie. It just does not sound like a good time for me. I would I would suggest doing it. If you happen to pop in a Kevin Smith DVD and there's a commentary, just have a listen. Sometimes it's fun. The Chasing Amy one I remember was really fun. 
Okay. Like I said, not my thing, but uh, we all enjoy different things. And Mr. Kevin Smith, if you are listening. I'm sure he is. Much respect, but uh, tweet at us, you know, and uh, maybe we can have you on the show someday. Let's talk about the movie, though. Okay. Okay, so we're, we're not at the mall yet. So where the problem happens is we see a man, T.S., of course, in his station wagon mm-hmm. pull up and he is going to pick up his girlfriend, Brandy, and he's going to take her to... Uh, Universal Studios. Right. Coincidentally, the producer of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's produced by Universal. Um, he has aspirations that he's going to propose to her. Yeah. Uh, when Jaws jumps out of the water. Can't do that anymore. He can't do that. Well, oh, because the ride's gone. Yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but he also can't do that anymore because it turns out Brandy can no longer go to Florida with TS because right. the contestant that was going to be on her father's dating show was swimming laps has, in a pool. Has died. And she died. Um, and the reason why she was so motivated is because T.S. said that the camera adds like 10, 15 pounds to you and made her feel bad about how she looks. The story of this is actually that Mallrats takes place one day before Clerks, even though it was made a year after. It takes place one day before because the Julie Dwyer switch situation with her dying and embolism popping in her head in the pool, that was the funeral that uh, Dante and Randall went to and they like knocked over the casket in Clerks. So this is actually... We're finding out that T.S. is the reason that Julie Dwyer went to do those laps in the pool. Embolism popped in her head because he mentioned to her like, oh, wow, crazy that you're going to be on TV. Camera adds 10 pounds. Is that the only connection that Clerks has to Mallrats? No, there will be some more that kind of pop up throughout it. Jay and Silent Bob are in it. Okay. So Jay and Silent Bob just being in every movie, it's like, it's all connected. Yeah. There's also the Rick Darris situation because Dante's girlfriend, Caitlin, fucked Rick Darris. So did Gwen, played by Joey Lauren Adams in Mallrats. She fucked Rick Darris when she was dressed like Smokey the Bandit on a, a pool table. But that Kevin much. Smith, a big lover of comic books and the Marvel Universe, wanted to kind of... A lot of the things that Kevin Smith did when he was making his first few movies was paying homage to a lot of the pop culture that he loved so much. Okay, so anyway, so T.S. is uh, picking up Brandy. Yeah. Remember when we're we were at this? Still at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> you did this, not me. Okay, so anyways, we find out that his contestant, T.S. said, called her Chubby. Yeah. So um, said the camera puts on some extra pounds. Right. Basically, it's T.S.'s fault that this is happening. Which I'd argue it is not T.S.'s fault. But right. uh, Brandy basically makes T.S. feel guilty. And he even says, like, well, she's dead? And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, maybe he should have commented on her weight. Well, here's the thing. It's not his fault, but it was also, like, you can tell there's just this, like, T.S. probably kind of was a suckyish boyfriend. A lot of things maybe built up. She, she was she was going to go on this trip with him to Florida, and her dad's like, no, this girl died because your dumbass boyfriend. You need to replace the girl. And she's like, you know what? I'm, okay. I'm not going to go. And instead of being kind and compassionate, T.S. was all like pissy because I'm in Florida. Well, yeah. But so that's the, why she broke up with him. Right. But at the same time, dad is just manipulating. So he already like, you know, is going up against her father and right. this whole thing. Maybe he's not a good boyfriend. 
Okay, but I mean, he's unfortunately our protagonist of this movie. Mm -hmm. So T.S. is bummed because they get in a fight and then Brandy basically dumps him. Mm -hmm. So he went from showing up at her house to take her to Universal to propose to her Mm -hmm. to we're not going to Florida to we're broken up. Yeah, that's how breakups happen. All going good on that one drive over to your girlfriend's house. Then all of a sudden If you're oblivious to like the issues because you're self-absorbed. Well... Picking the weirdest fights with this movie. <laughs> so you think Brandy's justified in dumping TS? I do. From just meeting them for five seconds? Yes. So you think Brandy just because she's not going with him to Florida last minute as he's ready to pick her up because a woman died? Yeah. And well, they don't have cell phones. It's not like she could text me like, dude, trips off. He was already probably on his way when she had the whole conversation with her dad. I gotcha. Okay. And it's just, she broke up with him more because of his reaction than because of him killing Julie. (laughs) Inadvertently killing Julie was not why she broke up with him. It was his reaction and the fact that he's just so self-involved. That's why she broke up with him because it probably happened many times before. T.S. and Brandy are done. Mm -hmm. We're going to agree to disagree on our thoughts on this breakup. Um (laughs) We'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, our relationship podcast. we have another breakup to cover. (laughs) Yeah. We are introduced to Renee and Brody. Yeah. They've been dating. Uh, Brody lives in his mom's basement. And uh, Renee spent the night over. Brody keeps her hidden from his mom. Yeah, never introduced her. Yeah, and the first thing Brody does is wakes up and plays his hockey game on his (laughs) Sega. And Renee has to sneak out of the basement window yeah and it's like obviously a system because she can like keep a conversation going while she's pushing a dresser yeah she knows the (laughs) she's done this drill drill. before this is the couple i was actually more interested in because it actually kind of felt like they were a couple yes but um this is one that i'm actually shocked that you didn't want to talk about more but brody is clearly a bad boyfriend well we haven't had a chance to talk about them because we've been talking about ts well you're just so gung-ho about (laughs) your ts hatred that you like yes brody is also a bad you just want to murder brody at this point no i actually love him i find him very endearing but you know he is he is kind of crap he's a crappy boyfriend yeah, and I mean, but Brody just lacks ambition. Yes. Um, you know, he's in his early 20s, doesn't have a job, lives in his mom's basement. Right. And, you know, the, she's not, Renee's not f- fulfilled with this relationship anymore. Right. And when she leaves, she kind of echoes this concern she has about his life and, like, the, the lack of direction that he mm-hmm. has. Um, his obsession with his comic books. We see a lot of comic books in this basement. And she leaves him a letter and dumps him. Yeah. And that's that. What do you think of dumping with a letter? I think it's extremely cowardly. Yeah. But it works in this movie, I guess, because he doesn't read it and he goes, what, you're dumping me? (laughs) Um, And then we have our two main characters. They've both been dumped and it turns out they're best friends because T.S. immediately goes to Brody's house. Mm -hmm. They go hang down in the basement and he's already got the letter framed. Right. Um, So it it worked as a comedy bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, dumping in a letter... Pretty weak. Uh, it's like a text message, but Dumping longer. in a driveway when you're about to leave on a vacation with no notice, uh, pretty weak as well. Right. Brody, though, is, he should have saw this coming, but he's just kind of a little self-absorbed right now. But also you can tell he's like that character, even though he didn't really dive into it that much. It's just kind of, is almost maybe afraid to grow up. Right. Sort of. And also, he doesn't want anybody to know his feelings. It's probably one of the reasons he wasn't introducing Renee to his mom. He just kind of 
plays this like funny guy, plays whatever, like, oh, I don't care. Fuck Renee. But we learn that that's not what he feels. I will say one of the best parts of this movie, though, was when T.S. came to hang out with Brody and they're in the basement. There's just something about the feel of just the friends you had that had rooms in the basement. Yeah. There's something about just the basement room. I don't know if you had a lot of friends that had basement rooms. There's something about it. It just mm. kind of feels like it's your own apartment. I had a basement room. <laughs> it, it just feels like it's your own apartment in yeah. your house, sort of. Because no one really goes down to the basement. So it's kind of like the little lair. Yeah. And Brody's is as much of a man cave comic book nerd lair as, as it gets. Yep. Uh, so they go to the mall. And the first thing they find out is that the game show Truth or Date, Brandy's father's show, mm-hmm. is going to be filmed live at the mall. Yep. At their mall. Mm-hmm. And we're also finding out that like Brody's kind of like a regular customer at this yeah. mall. <laughs> Everyone knows him by name. People know who he is. He hangs out here all the time. He kind of knows the schedule right. of when they're going to have these new cookies. They have arguments over what the food court and... The cookie um, stand. The cookie stand. It's a stand he knows like all these other, other people that kind of hang out at the mall as well. And also Brody's carrying around this small cup the whole mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I have a theory on that because I never really explain it. I think maybe it's one of those things where when the mall opened, they had the little cups and you could just fill it up for free. And so he just always has it with him. Well, this is 100% because he tried doing that. That other, there's another moment where he's like, can you fill this up for me, please? Uh, just like Coke, no ice. Yeah, so I think it's like just that. like it's a free, it was a free promotion and he is milking it. And Brody as a character is very, I feel, iconic. Oh, from yeah. the 90s era, I feel it was a lot of Halloween outfits, like from his t-shirt to, you know, the jacket he wears yeah. and carrying the I brought cup. my high school boyfriend that t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I've seen plenty of people with that shirt when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Brody was just kind of the character you kind of want to be as cool as, mm-hmm. but also not. But then like it's like, it's the character we love to see of the ultimate slacker character. I don't know where yeah. he kind of falls on that spectrum with like the big Lebowski as far as overall slacker, but he's just kind of like a slacker character that we kind of just like love and almost jealous of that they can be so content and so cool. Yeah. But then when you actually and try still to succeed, but when you actually try to like live that life, it's like, it's not that cool. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, a fun fantasy character of like, how just, yeah, just it did so create chill. a bunch of dickhead guys. In the 90s. So thanks for that, Kevin Smith. That's one point off for you. Yeah, so they're at the mall. They find out that Truth or Date's going to be played there. And then it's time to meet all the people just also hanging out at the Mm -hmm. mall. The first thing that that happens is Brody bumps into Ben Affleck's character, Shannon. Physically Um, bump into him. And they both call each other dicks. Obviously. I think both are justified in that. Yeah. But uh, we'll find out later that... Ben Affleck's character, Shannon, is... <laughs> a little bit more of a dick. He's definitely a dick. Also, his wardrobe... He works, fashionable and he, male. He works at Fashionable Mail. Like, that's the baggiest clothes. He reminds me of, uh, like, Talking Heads during the Stop Making uh, Sense music video. It's wearing, like, a baggy Maybe it was, suit. like, a big and tall store, and there's, like, this whole backstory to Shannon that we don't know, that he used to be a big guy and he lost weight. I mean, who knows? Maybe in the Kevin Smith universe, we'll finally get to his origin story of maybe, why his clothes are so baggy. Reboot. I guarantee there's people that are listening to this that go, what are they talking about with Ben Affleck's outfit? I don't remember that. He was just always wearing a suit. Watch it again, yeah. my friends. Look at, go to screen grab of it, that one. It is a very baggy <laughs> suit. But, of course, we will get to Shannon later because there is more to unravel about this character. But for right now... Than the fabric of his clothes. <laughs> no, no, no. But that is what strikes me right away of like, 
hey, Ben Affleck, what the fuck is he wearing? <laughs> but more on him later and other parts of his character besides his outfit, of course. Another character they bump into that we don't see that much of, but it's Ethan uh, Suplay's character, Willem. Mm-hmm. Or is it William? Willem. It's Willem. Willem. I'd Willem. argue he would be a fine William as well. Yeah. But Willem. Whatever. He's steering at a magic eye, and <laughs> apparently you can see a sailboat. Yeah, and he's but got. He a, cannot. He has a paper bag. <laughs> you brought um, a lunch. You brought a lunch, and he's going to sit here until he sees that sailboat in the magic eye. I loved magic eyes. Um, were you really good at them? I was very good at them. My grandmother had like books of them. That was my favorite thing. I would like try to see the magic eyes. Just books and books of them. Books. Did that you, and Waldo's, man. Did you, Did your grandmother just have a library of magic <laughs> she eyes? Did. It's like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> all, all ten. Volumes. This magic eye library is for you. <laughs> I was pretty good at them too. I think we should have a competition. Oh, um, magic eye off. Pretty good Ooh. at them. Okay. Well, that's for another podcast. Um, but he can't. Um, he's not good at magic no. eyes. Uh, he's been staring at this photo all day, and he's determined for the rest of this movie, at least, that he's going to try to see he's the sailboat. See and T.S. Sees, sees it right away. Many uh-huh. other people throughout this movie see the sailboat. Mm-hmm. Um, but poor Willem mm-hmm. cannot see it. That poor sucks. Willem. Another character that we meet at the mall that I would love to talk about is, of course, uh, Trish the Dish. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe uh, the character's Trisha Jones, yeah. but they just call her Trish. Well, it's Alyssa's sister, so there's a Chasey and Amy uh, what do you mean? right there. Alyssa Jones and Trish Jones are sisters, which we um, confirm that in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when they go to see the movie. And she's like, I don't know, sis. I liked his other movie better. I cannot wait for her origin story to come out. <laughs> Maybe Nick Fury's in it. Right. Um, <laughs> can you, what can you tell me about what Trisha Jones is doing in this movie, oh, though? Well, Trisha Jones is like a 15-year-old girl, I would say. I believe they say 15. Yeah, she's, she's actually 15 years old. She doesn't have old. her driver's license. She can't drive a car. Yeah, well, she got an advance on her first book, um, which is about the sexuality of the middle-aged male or something like that, or the 20 to, to 30-year-old male. But again, she's 15 years old. But her research is that she got paid like $30,000 to do is just bang dudes on camera, every age, every type of guy, and just log it in her little day planner. Yeah, and she has like um, little index um, notes in her journal of this this was the age, this is if he had an orgasm, if I had an orgasm. It's a whole thing. Did this age well? Um, This Uh, this character? rape never ages well. I don't think it was even aging well in that movie. No. So it's kind of shocking where it's involved in that because she's 15. Right. Pretty just open about it, about her studies. And yeah, I just feel, yeah, Trish. I mean, it's like everybody knows that this is what Trish, her parents are very supportive her of it. Her parents are very supportive of this. I uh, wish my parents were that supportive. Right. Uh, they did support me, but it's like meatloaf. But I won't yeah. do that. <laughs> also, you know, should we worry about Trish's health? Um, in the long run with this uh, study? I mean, I'm hoping the $30,000 can also go to, like, condoms, you know? Yeah. Because well, really, like, what was she spending the money on? Because she's not like, she, she lives with her parents. <laughs> so it's not like she had to take time off work to do it. She's 15 years old. Yeah. So it's a video camera, her day planner, her pens, her little gel pens that she's writing the symbols down with. She She really didn't need, you know, that much money for anything other than, protection yeah well 
you know, protection's only like 98% effective. I mean, uh, Trish is definitely, if you look at that journal, she's definitely getting around. Yeah. Yes. So they meet Trisha. TS mm-hmm. is really fascinated by her studies. But no one seems to be fascinated the fact that uh, she's underage and can't even drive a car. And she's having sex with like yeah. 40-year-old dudes. And again, hanging at the mall. And we also find out that she confesses that she hooked up with the, the jerk from Fashionable Mail, yeah. a.k.a. Shannon. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, he likes to make love in a very uncomfortable place. And the running joke is, what, the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah. But I don't think it's the back of the Volkswagen. You're astute. I know. That, <laughs> I mean, I got. I came to that conclusion all on my own. I do like that joke throughout the movie, though. Yeah. Just uh, in a very uncomfortable place. What, the back of a Volkswagen? Uh, what kind of Volkswagen? Because T.S. drove a Volkswagen, right? Yeah, that was yeah, a station wagon. That was very roomy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you can lay down in the back of those old wood-paneled Volkswagen. <laughs> Do they mean like a bug? Oh. Is that what they're saying? Maybe. There's no room in that. I wish they would clarify a little. Like, what, yeah. in the back of a Volkswagen bug? Kevin, again, if you just want to, like, enlighten us on this Volkswagen story. I should have listened to the commentary. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's enough with Trish, though. Um, she's getting raped and logging it, and she's a... <laughs> And she has it all on video camera. And her parents are proud. Uh, if I'm a lawyer, I'm like, this is great. I mean, that I think that's what blew my mind. Uh, she's 15 years old, having sex underage with uh, men in their 30s, and knowingly, she's like, signing waivers. Yeah, and the um, and the and the publisher is giving her money to do it, so and, the publisher should be. And arrested. They're all on videotapes. Yeah. In fact, she should just forget about the book and just basically. Sell those. Yes. <laughs> Sell those tapes. But a lot of people buying bars. But also, good luck on your book, Trish. Right. Of course, last but not least, we meet the two biggest mall rats of them all that are in this mall. It's Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. At this point, if you don't know who Jay and Silent Bob are, I feel... You shouldn't be listening to this Yeah, right I feel now. sorry for you. Thanks for listening anyway. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty important characters. Uh, they're in every single one of Kevin Smith's movies. Mm-hmm. I guess in this... In this universe. Uh, in this universe. <laughs> Um, they dabbled in Degrassi, as we said. Yes, they dabbled in Degrassi. <laughs> Jane, Silent Bob, Strike Back, Dogma, Chasing Amy. There's a Clerks, reboot coming. Mall Rats, um, Clerks Two, I believe they're in as well. Um, of course, Kevin Smith is also the writer and director of this mm-hmm. film. Um, I did not know that when I first watched this movie. Right. Um, and you know. Jay is just Jay, I guess. Jay is um, such a Jay. He's just kind of dancing around. He has the long hair, the beanie well, this cap. this role was written for him because Kevin Smith knew him in high school. Like, he was younger than him, so like a freshman when Kevin was a senior. <laughs> Commentary. Gotcha. But he he wrote this because that's how this kid would act. Yes. It, and it, it, it reads that way, that it's mm-hmm. basically Jay is playing a version of Jason mm-hmm. Muse. But yeah, they're just having a great time. I don't know what they do for work, but it's not important. Uh, they don't have ju- they're dealers. They're yeah, drug dealers. They're, they're drug dealers, but also not really good at drug dealing sometimes. No. It's more like just dancing around. Right. Uh, we see that Silent Bob is trying to use his Jedi tricks to lift a cigarette. <laughs> but they're um, hanging outside the, the, the pet shop. So they're like kind of dancing for the kitties. That's right. They're dancing for the kitties. Uh, probably not the best spot to sell drugs uh, anywhere in this mall. But uh, I would love to get super high and just like pet puppies. 
Yeah. Like, so I I like their business plan. You should get a job at Petco. <laughs> so Jay and Silent Bob, they meet Brody and TS. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brody and TS, I believe, talk about their breakups to them. Mm-hmm. And then they... Well, no, they said that they heard about it already. They heard about... No, they <laughs> heard about TS. Jay already heard about... Yeah. Everyone knows about TS's breakup. Right. Trish Trish knew about the breakup. Mm-hmm. Like it had just happened. Right. A few hours ago. Right. And by the duration of him picking up mall. Brody and going in this mall, everyone's <laughs> like, Oh, I heard that you broke up with Brandy or that Brandy dumped you. He's like, Everyone's heard about this. <laughs> I know you're not a big fan of TS and I'm not like a huge fan, but he's he also gets really whiny throughout this movie. Yes. Sometimes in a funny way. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. kind of a trait of a lot of his main male leads. Like, there's always the Jason Lee, the Brody. Um, he was Banky in Chasing Amy. There's always that, like, comedic friend with, like, some kind of, like, internal struggle that comes out at the end. But the main character is always kind of... And, he, and Kevin Smith even said, like, he models him after himself. And it's always that, like, whiny, what about me, what about me? Yes. So they're kind of the anti-hero. T.S. is not over in this breakup and he's been moping around this mall over it. And I guess they're supposed to be at this mall to cheer him up. And it's not working because that's all. He can't get over her. But uh, that's when Jay and Silent Bob break the news about them finding out about the Truth or Date game show that's going on with the stage. Right. And then that's when they decide to enlist Jay and Silent Bob to Operation Takedown the stage. And he's like, we're going to do that anyway. Yeah, we were going to do that anyway, so right on. But there's a problem because there is a security card that we should talk about. La Flores. An older gentleman with a nice hat. And zero lines. And zero lines uh, just stands there. Uh, There's a lot of like mythology behind him. We did not get an origin story, unfortunately. No. Um, He's only mentioned in this one movie. Yeah, I feel like it's some kind of Kevin Smith inside joke. It will. It's a mall security guard that apparently has like murdered and killed people. Beautiful um, icy blue eyes. <laughs> he is a beautiful older man. <laughs> I love the hat though. Yes, that's a that's a Halloween costume. I would be very <laughs> excited to see at a party randomly. Yeah, like I mad respect for whoever just shows up in that. Anyways, though, Lafour's is like the end all be all security guard yeah. that is going to be. That's why in, they got him. Impossible. To um, he's going to be a huge major obstacle right. for them to take right. down this stage. But they've got blueprints. Yeah, they've don't got, worry. Jay and Silent Bob ready. are on this. Jay and Silent Bob are on the task. They leave them to it to take down the stage yeah. while Brody and TS are going to just mope around the mall some more. Right. They just kind of, uh, no pay either. Right. You know? Brody and TS just kind of mope around the mall a little bit more. Yeah. They argue about food courts and stuff like that. But the kid on the escalator. But but me, yes, yes. Uh, let's get to the escalator a little bit later. <laughs> let's talk about Jay and Silent Bob and their attempts to take down this stage because yeah. we see a three parter. Yeah. The first part is attempt for him to. It's like fill his sock. Fill his sock with a bunch of quarters, and basically he's going to just. Swing them around, get a good running start, and he's going to hit them over the head with a bag of knock quarters. Them yeah. Knock them out. And then we take out the stage and then smoke a bowl. Right. Um, how, how does that plan? Do, that doesn't plan like does not work. Does he slip on something? He doesn't just slip like, on anything. This little, this little boy <laughs> is playing with a truck and right. he's sitting down. And as he's winding up, it, we're getting ready to hit mm-hmm. the floors over the head. A uh, little boy kind of gives him that. <laughs> 
stink eye and then yeah. rolls the the truck out and his foot <laughs> lands on it silent bob zips by the security guard while dropping the bag of quarters in his hand and then his head breaks through right um a dressing room and that's where yeah. we meet joey lauren adams character oh yeah where gwen. she's changing gwen yes um you don't see her boobs in this one no no boobs in this one but don't worry Tell you me, will in the next one boobs. The second attempt, I think, was a little bit more elaborate that he's going to swing from a cord right. of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, and Jay, pull a pin. And pull a pin, and then the whole thing's going to collapse. And then they're going to smoke a bowl. And, Jay, and then they're going to smoke a bowl. Uh, <laughs> Jay yells, fly, fat ass, fly. <laughs> um, but it doesn't go well. He misses the pin. The thing breaks, and his head again smashes through a dressing room. And this time we see Joey Lord Adam's boobs. Yes. And she goes, fucker. Fun fact, not going to make it a part of the trivia. I'm just going to tell you the the picture of the girl like holding up her skirt that like his head goes through. Like, yeah. The like, crotch, that was Jason Lee's girlfriend at the time or wife at the time. Gotcha. OK. Yeah. Well, that's a fun fact. Yeah. And trivia. Well, it's a fact and throw, a trivia. Oh, there you go. Um, They've basically have been so unsuccessful at this point that they kind of have to be on the run at this point. Right. They're, they're hiding out in a bookstore mm-hmm. because who would ever expect to see them in a place like this? Right. Which is true. I would never look for them in a bookstore. Right. This back up a little bit. Is the plan to take out the stage really smart? Because they can just put the stage back up. I mean, this is Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> I think there's other ways, though, to take out the stage. Mm-hmm. And I think the most violent, simple way that you can still go smoke a bowl and mm-hmm. do it later is just pull the fire alarm yeah. at the mall. That's yep. it. That's they it. could have even done it like 30 minutes before the show was supposed to 100%. air. 100%. Just screw everything up at the beginning. That's what I'm saying. Just get it you know? all like it's ready to go, ready to go. Pull the fire alarm. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. They apparently only have one security guard, although a good security guard. <laughs> well, no, he guard. has like six lackeys. Right? Yeah, but we don't really see him until That's that true. one scene. That's true. So, all right. So, Jay and Silent Bob, any more on like your takes with them? I mean, I think we're going to keep finding them again as we go through this. <laughs> Are they the stars of this movie? No. Is it safe to say? No. Who's, I would, who's your star of the Brody's movie? Brody's my star of the movie. If okay. we're going to say anybody who was like the most memorable character in this movie, it's going to be him because we see Jay and Silent Bob so many other times that, you know, they're, they're a huge part of it, but this is Brody's movie. I agree with that. I think, uh, that's a hundred percent. Brody's Brody's the one that comes to like full circle to like TS doesn't really learn much of a lesson. He makes Brandy learn a lesson. Yeah. Whereas Brody learns a lesson and becomes a better person. Right, right, right. T.S. just gets what he wants. Brody's kind of the Michael Jordan of this movie, and Jane and Silent Bob are kind of Scotty Pippen. Okay. After, like, their second failed attempt at the stage, and then they're hiding out and kind of get chased out of the mall for a little bit, they kind of, like, got nothing to do until the very end. Yeah, they, they, like. they kind of gave up on that plan a little bit. So, because they were like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So, yeah, I mean, basically, I think. Snoochie boochies. I, I, <laughs> Snoochie boochies. I think essentially what they've establishes once they were getting chased down, escaped, and then hit out in the bookstore, they basically kind of are just hiding until they're calling at the very end of the movie exactly. to help with the final exactly. plan. So we've talked about Jay and Silent Bob. Let's talk a little bit about Brody and Renee. Oh, yeah. So Renee is at the mall. Cherchez la femme. And 
it seems like they've done this dance before where she dumps him and then she just takes him back. Well, she's at the mall, so it's like, you really, you're going to go to his territory. Is there nothing else to do in this town? I don't know. It seems like the mall is the only thing to do in this town. <laughs> and it also isn't his mall, but Brody thinks about yes. it that way. Brody's yes. kind of like acts like the mall is his bar. He's, he's, and he's the like mall the local. mayor. Yeah. He's the mayor of this mall. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a mall. Yes. And it's a weekend. But it, it is so weird, though, because what we find out, though, is that, no, she's definitely means it this time. Mm-hmm. They're definitely broken up. And then moments later, he finds out that she's actually seeing Shannon, Ben Affleck's mm-hmm. character. So in a weird way, it just seems like so. So she broke up with Brody, mm-hmm. starts dating another guy in uh, the same day. I mean, we could also and think that maybe she started seeing Shannon. Okay, possibly. Um, possibly. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, she could have a little infidelity, oh, but that's okay. It's college. <laughs> it's college or high school or whatever. I don't know what it is. It's college. <laughs> it's college. So she's dating Shannon mm-hmm. at the mall, mm-hmm. but also shopping at the mall. And then yes. she proceeds to be at the mall the rest of the day as well. Yes. So, in multiple outfits. <laughs> in multiple outfits as well. I mean, one time you can tell she changed into an outfit that she bought. But you never see her like holding the other outfit she right. had. But yeah, there's like three different outfit changes yeah. for her throughout this movie. Yeah. And I don't think she goes home and then comes back to the no. mall. Also, she's just by herself. She's by herself, but she's with Shannon. Like he's on his yeah, lunch he break, his break, you know, and they, they hang out together. He's also shopping with her for a while. They go watch the game show together at mm-hmm. the end. My thing is, she's really kind of bent on how Brody just hangs out at the mall all day. That's literally what she's doing. That's literally what she's doing. (laughs) But she's doing it to be, you know, around Shannon, too, who already introduced her to his mother. Yeah, what was that? I'm guessing she works at the mall, too. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she works at, like, Le Chez Le Flemme. And it wasn't early in the morning. It was, like, morning-ish. She's leaving Brody's bed. They Brody, I think it's, like, 9 a.m. when she leaves his bed. Yeah. Let's say TS comes over at 10. Yeah. 10.30 to be generous. They hung out for a little while. Probably got at the mall at like 11.30. And let's say arguably they met her, I don't know, like noon. And we have officially worried about this too much. Yes. Um, (laughs) She met his mother. That's all we need to know. There is a moment where uh, Brody has TS Mm -hmm. run like a, a defense on him to distract Oh, um, right. Shannon. Mm-hmm. Big scene. And Brody sneaks in. And I think this is when she kind of says this stuff about yeah. him. Uh, so they stop the elevator and they have their argument and she challenges his libido. And then they end up just doing it, doing it in the elevator. In big old elevator. Big old elevator. Meanwhile, Shannon's waiting outside. Mm-hmm. There's a whole line of people for the elevator. Essentially, you know, Brody's feeling like, yeah, I got her back. Right. But she kind of still says, no, we're still broken up. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. Mm -hmm. Overall, it it shows that Renee still ultimately wants Brody. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily how he acts afterwards. But, you know, Brody hasn't really learned anything yet. Right. And ultimately, I think she does want him to learn something and maybe Mm -hmm. not take her for granted. Yeah. In a weird way, I don't think Brody takes her for granted. Mm -hmm. But he also doesn't try hard to keep her. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of acts like it's like one of his comic books. You know, you wouldn't turn your back on me or something like that. Right. And this is the first time that he's feeling threatened. 
you know, she challenges his libido and actually goes for it. That was kind of him actually taking charge of something. Yes. That was Um, him wanting something and going for it. Because I would argue that the sex that they had in that elevator is probably like some of the more passionate ones that they probably had in a long time. Right. Um, But at the same time, she said too little, too late. Right. Because it's going to take more than this random act to really win me over. So I think it was a really good character moment between the two. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, hooking up in an elevator would be a little bit more uncomfortable than a Volkswagen. No. Well, that was a pretty big elevator. It was a pretty big elevator, but also elevators aren't that clean. Well, maybe they laid down her Degrassi jacket. Whatever it takes. <laughs> All right. So Brody, Brody and Renee have hooked up. You know, Shannon's upset, and then, of course, that's when the line happens mm-hmm. of, you know, no, 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 he's not a threat. But those two bolted, T.S. And, and Brody. Brody's glowing afterwards. Glowing. Um, they have a meetup with um, Joy Lauren Adams' character. Gwen. Gwen. So shortly after Brody hooks up with Renee, uh, Shannon finds him. Yeah. And starts threatening him, starts bragging about, like, how he's going to screw in a very uncomfortable place. Right. And he goes, what, the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> And then he beats up Brody in uh, the back parts of the mall, the backstage yeah, the, part of the, the mall. The alley of the, the mall. The alley of I the guess. mall. Um, beats him up Indoor pretty good. Alley. And then we see Jay and Silent Bob, you know, checking out what happened to him. And he says it's the Easter Bunny. And he says it's the Easter Bunny, and hence this is why it's an Easter movie. Because yep. Jay and Silent Bob go and beat up the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Yeah, they go beat up the Easter Bunny later. They beat up the Easter Bunny, and then all the kids that are waiting to take their picture with the Easter Bunny beat them up. <laughs> and that's the story of Jesus' resurrection. <laughs> but meanwhile, T.S. has decided that he's going to confront Brandy's dad and try to reason with him. Right. And confess his intentions to the dad, you know, that I plan on marrying her. Right. And, you know, I love her. Right. Um, but Michael Roker's not having any of it. Mm-hmm. He despises T.S. And they're definitely, he's his antagonist. Right. Um, he, he's his arch nemesis right. at this point. And Brody tells him to give him the stink palm and then graphically shows us what that is. Yeah. Uh, Brody's got his whole technique of the stink palm, which is oh. sticking your hand right up your butt. Mm-hmm. Letting it sit there for a while. And then it's like that smell won't get off at all. Oh. So Brody goes up to Michael Roker and feeds him some chocolate-covered pretzels that are kind of melting and rubs his Uh hand all in it. Honestly, this scene has destroyed uh, (laughs) melted chocolate goods for me. If I see anything chocolate, I just immediately think to that scene. Oh, really? Even long after seeing this movie. (laughs) But definitely after rewatching it, it's still there. But he loves pretzels. He he loves pretzels so much that like he acts like he has an eight for days. I know. It was... It was a little over the top, Michael. The whole moment was kind of over the top, honestly, (laughs) because Michael Roker act like he's never seen a pretzel before. Right. But it was one of the most memorable scenes. It's a very memorable scene. I just don't understand why someone goes, especially when he hates both of them and calls them losers. He's like, oh, yeah, I love some pretzels. Okay, (laughs) fine. I can't resist. And then he like, he smears it on his hands and starts licking his fingers. He's like, oh, he's like giddy. So, so he's gross. he's got the upper hand on them because he ends up getting them kicked out of the mall. Yeah. But meanwhile, he's also eating poopy fingers. So. Right. 
But now we're finally leaving the mall. Yeah, we're finally leaving uh, the mall, and Brody and TS decide to take a detour because they're kicked out of this mall to go to the flea market, which no, is the poor smaller man's smaller mall, the poor person's <laughs> yeah. mall, or something like, or like the common people, or something yeah. like that. Where they also know Brody. Not that much to really discuss about the flea market in general, yeah. besides uh, one particular scene. Oh yeah, they decide to see a topless uh, psychic. <laughs> yes. What best way to get advice from a psychic if they say you're going to die? At least she's topless. So <laughs> is there topless psychics out there in the world? Is that a I thing? I mean, yeah. I mean, there's topless There's got to be, right? There's topless everything. Yeah. Is there topless everything? Yeah. I'm sure there's topless everything. Yeah? There's yeah. like uh, topless vets? I'm sure that you can find a topless vet. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. We right? should start Let's, that market. All right. Topless here everything. First. So. Copyright us. Um, yeah. And, you know, they go in to, and they meet the topless right. uh, uh, psychic. Um, who's the actress that plays her? Uh, it's Priscilla Barnes. She was uh, in Three's Company. Uh, she was also in one of the James Bonds. And uh, I guess now she's on Jane the Virgin. Okay. So she's still, uh, she's she's still, still around. Yeah. yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Three nipples. She, she's still doing a topless how, psychic. How many nipples does she have now? Yeah, so, you know, T.S. is coming in for advice, and then she's, you know, removing her top. One of my favorite lines is uh, when, you know, Brody's like, that's what I'm talking about. And she says, fuck us. He's focus. like, yeah, that's yes. what I'm He's like. She said, focus, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why that line just sticks out to me. She's a child. She removes, she removes her top, and it turns out she has three nipples. Yeah, and that's what makes her more accurate. Now, I got to admit, I don't really remember what happens in this scene because <laughs> I'm kind of like Brody in this moment, especially when I first saw it, because and Brody's very distracting in this scene because yes. the, the bit is not really the advice that T.S. Right. gets. Right. The bit is that T.S. is actually just really focusing into the advice, even talking about her third nipple at one point. Because she's like right. Well, the thing is, it was it was this was kind of where almost the switch happens in the guys where Brody is all excited, like I'm gonna see some tits, I'm gonna see some tits. Yeah, and TS is like, this is ridiculous. I am not doing this. And of course, they agree to go in and do it. And as soon as she starts giving him accurate, well, as soon as she takes her top off, Brody is freaking out because he's so disgusted vocally because he's a child vocally disgusted by this woman's body and ts is more fascinated by the fact that she's being a fortune cookie and just telling him what he's translating to himself in his own story um and it kind of changes both of them in the sense of now ts is like i know what i have to do and brody is like i don't want to see this shit anymore (laughs) Uh, yeah, T.S. is really into the advice, but Brody's such a distraction in the scene because the bit is also like Brody just freaking just out and making a side comment. Disgusted. Especially when T.S. says... Very rude. I didn't even notice uh, that third nipple. And it's like, oh, can you not notice it? It's right there. Day. I like how she kind of grabs her nipples for advice, too. I know. Like, there's sometimes she's she ha- like... She has to, like, tease them, like, like stimulate them to get the, the powers going. She doesn't. She say something about like the, the only first and last week of yeah, April. October. October. <laughs> <laughs> the scene basically is like you said. It's basically TS just gets motivated, right? And uh, Brody's on his way out, and he's like, "Do you have any other extra, extra body, body parts? parts?" He's like, "Well, you can double check me if you like." He's like, "Really? Ew." Ooh. <laughs> We're out of the flea market. That, um, that was a quick visit. <laughs> that top. <laughs> that 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 topless scene though. 
I mean, is that like one of the most iconic scenes in that movie? Uh, I I don't know because I kind of forgot it existed until they went to the flea market. But when then, we when, but it then again. when we go to the flea market, then we're like, oh my god, the topless fortune teller. Yeah. So now we're back in the mall. Yeah. We weren't gone that long. Yeah, I missed the mall. And it's time for TS to seize the day. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, we got to get Brody motivated as well. Right. So there's something going on in the mall today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big line at the comic book store earlier oh, in the movie. Right. It turns out that Stan Lee is at the mall. Like the, the Stan Lee. Lee. That was awesome when we did that. Brody's kind of down in the dumps because he doesn't know how he's going to get Renee back. Like yeah. She clearly is excited to be with Shannon. I think he's kind of like... You know, he's probably still off that like high of from them hooking up in the elevator earlier, but now kind of have the realization that could have been the last time. Well, because she also said to him, like, too little, too late. He thought that Tausio was going to win her because that's probably what he always does. He's just like, come on, baby. But that's what I'm saying. Now he's really realizing, like, mm-hmm. oh, it is really over. Right. I think he's kind of down in the dumps that he's yeah. not going to come around. But then yeah. Stanley Starts giving him love advice. Well, starts talking about, look at that couple over there. <laughs> That couple looks happy. They look happy, don't they? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, they do, I guess, you know. And then mm-hmm. eventually he realizes it's Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of. Then he starts asking about superhero sex organs. Like that's, <laughs> if you were to meet like your hero, your your celebrity hero, <laughs> and then just ask him about the weirdest, like most out there reference to what they do. These are the things he's worried about. Yeah. You know, he was worried about earlier of, you know, Superman and Lois Lane. Like, right. Lois Lane can't bear his children. Only right. Wonder Woman could handle his load. Right. So to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's very uh, curious about, like, you know, I think he's curious about the Incredible Hulks. And he's asking all those questions. And he's like, Stan Lee's just kind of blushing. And he tries to kind of steer the ship again. He's right like, back to couples. Well, well what that, that couple? couple you know, there? it reminds me of an episode, you know, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, you know. And uh, Stanley tells this beautiful story. About how, like, you know, he let that one woman get away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day. He loved his all... comics more than her. Yeah. To... <laughs> He did. I mean, although he was very successful, but he's like, you traded all in the all of the success and all the comics in the world just for one more second with that girl that got away. <laughs> Brody's inspired. He's like, yeah. you know, like Stanley, my hero, is telling me this is what I got to do. Yeah. But meanwhile, we found out that T.S. just uh, paid <laughs> He didn't pay him. He just asked Stanley as a favor. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because you're Stanley, like, no, I'm not going to do this. But he did it. I bet it. Stanley would have done that. There was a whole line for him at the mall of people that wanted his autograph. You think Stan Lee's going to be able to just like stroll around on yeah. the upper level? And also, there would probably still be a line like into well into closing. But he, uh, you know, T.S. goes, "Do you think he bought it?" He's like, "I think so. I told him about this one edition." You know, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Also, I think he's a little concerned about uh, superhero sex organs. <laughs> superhero sex organs, and he's like, "I think he needs to see someone about that." <laughs> That was really fun having Stanley yeah. in this movie. It was actually kind of like sweet watching it again. Um, yeah, because Stanley. We had just watched Captain Marvel and had that lovely moment, and it was just kind of like watching him do this, and, and didn't even realize that the music that plays is kind of like soft little piano yeah. through that whole scene. It was just a little. It was almost a little emotional well, watch. I mean, it's probably for trivia, but you know, Stanley reading. In Captain Marvel, he's reading the script from All Rats mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So um, it kind of brings it back to like, 
That was like the only time I've ever seen Stanley in a movie not doing his like cameo bit, right? But actually, like full on, like having some being dialogue and being a part of the story. Yeah. Although he's playing Stan Lee, but it was part of the story because it was part of that '90s nostalgia. Yes, exactly. It's not like the Marvel movies where he's just kind of like a random cutaway cameo and right. All he wasn't the bus driver. He was Stan Lee on a bus on a train. You know, reading the script that he was going to perform. Yes, yes. So um, it was great to see Stanley, especially because he just recently passed away, mm. and then we just see him in Mallrats. Um, yeah, it was special. It was a very special moment, and it was a special moment for Brody because he's mm. finally motivated to go win Renee back. Yeah. But first, we got to stop this truth or date. <laughs> what are they going to do to stop this truth or date? Well, they're they're trying to knock all of the contestants out so Jay, Brody, and T.S. can all be on the show together. However, Jay just knocks out two of them. Well, how does he knock them out, though? He gets with them... That, with, that, with that sweet gonge. Yeah, that sweet snoochie boogies. Snoochie boogies. Snoochies boochies. He gets them, like, really, like... Super high, and then well, they eat a bunch of food. But he also talks about, like, man, I'd be really nervous, like, oh, with yeah. all those cameras out there. I need something to just take that edge off, and then... yeah. Just gives them a shit ton of weed and munchies. And and they just pass out on the ground. Yeah, they're just out. Gil Hicks, right? Is that his name? Oh, yeah. Gil Hicks. It turns out there's three suitors. Mm -hmm. um, And he goes, what happened to them? You know, they got really high. But Gil's out there and they realize, oh, shit, there's a third suitor. Right. Well, they end up punching out the coordinator. Well, the coordinator shows up and, and, like, what's going on? And then... Jay just knocks him out and then the security guard shows up. And Yeah, and they're like, this guy punched this guy out and whatever. And we're just trying to do a show. And the security guard, who I think is Kevin Smith's sister, actually. Okay. Um, pull, like, just says, I don't care. And just, like, drags their bodies off. And now we've got T.S., Brody, and Gil Hicks, uh-huh. our suitors. Gil Hicks, uh, played by the same guy that plays Dante Hicks. So the, the story is that they're probably brothers. Wait, who's Gil? Oh, and it's the, the same third actor. Contestant. Yeah, same the third. Actor, the... So same actor, same last name as Dante. So they're probably brothers. Finally, this is like I think kind of one of my favorite moments mm-hmm. of the movie. Uh, it's time to sabotage truth or date. Yes. Meanwhile, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah, and Michael Roker is puking on the side. The network <laughs> execs are right there, and he's just too sick to stop what's going right. on because um, he accidentally ate feces. Yeah, but in a very like luscious kind of way. Oh God. He, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he really enjoyed those chocolate pretzels but i just i don't think that you can get food poison like that just from poop particles well, but you know, you know you know what i don't want to get into the science of this right now well That's there's for only one way podcast there's, there's only one way to find out no brandy's on stage and we introduce the suitors there's um suitor number one Mm-hmm. And then Brody doesn't want to be called suitor number two. He says <laughs> it sounds like a bathroom code. Um, the second suitor. <laughs> the second suitor. And then suitor number three is Gil. Right. Um, Can Brandy not hear their voices? Because I feel like I would be able to tell my boyfriend's voice right away. I think the first round, you know, she's on TV. There's cameras. Mm-hmm. There's a live audience there. I think the first round, you know, she's, she's kind a little of distracted. A little distracted. Yeah. But then she catches on. With the whole, like, I prefer to be called the second suitor. Um, that kind of sounds like a very Brody thing. Yes. And then I, Gil. 
<laughs> and Gil is great in he's this. So, he is so gross. He's everything I remember from like those 70s match game blind date kind of shows. Yes. Yeah. Um, it is. It, it's an amazing <laughs> mashup of dialogue throughout this. Um, I like when she asked TS, like I think one of his first questions is what kind of car would you take um, your girlfriend on a date with? And he's like, the kind you don't dump, dump your, boyfriend your boyfriend in. in. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, is just yet another argument for why she shouldn't get back with T.S. Yeah. He's still being a child. He's learned nothing. Yeah. Brody's question is, what kind of sounds do you make when you when making whoopee? And he's like, what's whoopee? <laughs> and of course, it's live. Live then, television. Yes, live television. Michael Roker's <laughs> throwing up. Uh, network's like, what the fuck's going on? Um, and, then, and the audience is loving Brody. The audience whole time. is loving it, which I would as well. Yes, Shannon and Renee are in the crowd as yeah. well. Shannon's and not Shannon's having fun, not digging it because he hates Brody. Mm-hmm. But Renee's kind of she's like, got her smirk on. She's got her smirk like that's my like oh the, this guy. That's my this guy. I I really can't give up on this guy. Right. This guy is just relentless. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, Gil has all the proper answers, and Brody's not letting him have an easy time at all. <laughs> um. He's just so greasy and gross. So you're, and and you're at this point where you're rooting so hard for Brody this whole time that Brody just finally, like, this is where he really, like, he's been great the whole movie, but this is where Jason Lee and this Brody character just shine and are everything you could ever want yeah. because he's ragging on someone, he's making fun of himself, he's flirting with his girl in the audience, he's he's just being great the yeah. whole time. Yeah, and eventually kind of, you know, keeps going on and on, and then there's that, the, the Cousin Walter moment. We, yeah. We're introduced at the beginning of this movie about a Cousin Walter. A cousin Walter story, and Randall had a Cousin Walter story in Clerks, so maybe Brody and Randall are related. Yeah, possibly. There you go. <laughs> uh, cousin Walter is brought up, though, in very big detail about mm-hmm. how he masturbated on a plane because yeah. the whole plane was going down, and then everyone just starts masturbating, and then all of a sudden the hydraulics kick back in the plane writes itself and everyone just doesn't talk about this phenomenon <laughs> it's pretty great but at this point brandy knows oh it's, it's fuck it's, it's my goddamn ex-boyfriend and his <laughs> asshole friend fucking up my dad's show right calls them both out and then that's when ts and brandy have their kind of engaging back and forth and then right. it turns out like they actually love each other he proposes he doesn't propose Yes, he does. He proposes on stage? On stage. And she says yes, and then they run to a kiss. Oh, he proposes verbally. Yes. Right? Yeah, he doesn't get down on one. No. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because she says, like, will you marry him? And then she says yes. They get married, they kiss. It actually would be, like, the best dating show to ever watch. Oh, yeah. With with having Brody's, like, color commentary of just mm-hmm. clearly he's not going to be picked, but he's, like, it, like, it's genius. Yeah. For dating shows that they should have had this where... They, they should do dating shows like this. You have the one really proper guy, but then you have this one guy that clearly isn't going to win, but he's here just to, like, fuck with the format. Right. But and then, then you have an ex of the disguised voice. Yes, and then <laughs> they end up getting married on stage, and they loved it. We should we should make the show. <laughs> That's great. Well, <laughs> Call MTV. So... T.S., Brandy, they're together. That's their story. We didn't talk about this other thing that's happening on behind the scenes. Oh, Trish, yeah. Trish the Dish has videotaped of Shannon, um, Shannon unscrewing screwing her in an uncomfortable place. That doesn't look like a Volkswagen. The back of the Volkswagen. Jay throws the tape 
up to uh, Silent Bob, who's hanging mm-hmm. upside down. He's going to put it, he's rigged it for the screen to play on this VHS right. player. And they pop the tape in, and it is all revealed to the whole crowd. Uh, Shannon, Ben Affleck. Uh, a 25-year-old man. A 25-year-old man having butt sex with a 15-year-old girl. And asking tape. her who her favorite new kid is. And does it? Is that, I, don't, yeah, I don't remember like, what he said. Yeah, he's like, "Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Donnie. Call me Joey." <laughs> <laughs> I overlooked that part. Oh yeah, I I I know the new kids. Oh man! And then they, <laughs> so the cops are gonna arrest Brody, but then also they watch that tape and they're like, "We're gonna arrest him." Like, that girl's fifteen, and he's like, "No, she. I thought she was thirty. Look at her." Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the actress is thirty. <laughs> Uh, uh, I like the ending of this. Yeah, that is great. <laughs> Quick wrap up. Brandy and TS, they get married at Universal Studios when Jaws pumps Jaws. up the water. Um, Brody's hosting The Tonight Show, and I guess Renee is, is <laughs> drummer. Drummer slash band leader. Yeah, and um, she's also met his mom yeah, several times. They get along very well. Jay and Silent Bob got Suzanne, the monkey. Yeah, the which, which is in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes. Strikes Back. One thing I got to talk about this whole scene is my favorite Weezer song is playing during this whole thing. That's titled Suzanne. Mm-hmm. There's something about when I hear that song, I immediately just think of Mallrats and the yeah. Mallrats soundtrack. Yes. I just love that. Yeah. It's just an awesome Weezer song. There's a lot going on in this movie. I think it ended very well. Mm-hmm. I think overall, this is a very quotable and memorable yes. film. Uh, a lot of like fun little things, and there's a lot of gems. Yeah. Oh, so, this movie is full of gems. Let, let's go ahead and let's just cover our top gems of this movie. Fucking kidding. Easter Bunny did this? All I said was the Easter Bunny at the Menlo Park Mall was more convincing. He just jumped the railing and knocked me down. He's fucking dead. I'll let it go. He's under a lot of pressure. All right, so my number one gem, we talked about it a little earlier. Uh, I love the little cup that Brody holds on throughout most of this film. Until Shannon, like, I think smacks it away from him. He smacks it away from him because I think it's when he wants some Coke, like no ice because it's such a small cup. Why would you get ice in that cup? (laughs) The cup itself, though, just symbolizes a lot of what Brody is. Yeah. He's not here to shop. He's here to hang out, and he's got this cup. He wants freebies. It's, It's a freebie. He can fill this cup on... Like over and over, he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to pay for anything. He doesn't pay for, he convinces T.S. to do the topless psychic, mm-hmm. but doesn't even want to pay for it. Right. The cup is just iconic to Brody's personality. And honestly, I got to say, it's like one of my favorite things in this movie. Yeah. Is the fact that he actually consistently holds this little cup throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah. That was the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. Jason Lee was a Kevin Smith gem. Yes. He was a skateboarder before this. Before this movie, yeah, and then he just he had kinda... done like maybe like a short film here or there, like as like a skateboarder in a movie or something like that. Yeah, but this was his first like movie. I think the issue with I have with Jason Lee is that when he did Brody, this really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. But he really kind of like he had my name is Earl, and he's in other Kevin Smith movies, of yeah. course. Uh, sometimes playing Brody, sometimes not. Like, right, he plays, well, he's Banky like, and um. Uh, chasing Amy, and also he's um, one. He of plays the, both of them, and and he's like in Dogma. Plays Dave and Elvin and the Chipmunks. He's in The Incredibles. He's a he's a oh. voice in The Incredibles as well. Right. He was in Almost Famous. Almost Famous. Um, I forget his character's name, but he was the lead he, singer of the band. Unfortunately, it doesn't. You know, My Name Is Earl was kind of I think his God, his, his climax, his mm-hmm. like top of the mountain. Um, more on like TV series now, like TV movies. I'm kind of pulling up like 
really know. I'm sure he's going to be in the reboot. Um, he definitely is. It's yeah. announced he's going to be Brody. Yeah. So Brody is going to be in Jane and Silent Bob reboot for nice. for how long or how involved in the movie he is. But Jason Lee as Brody was like kind of the ultimate gem of this movie. Mm-hmm. Shannon Hamilton. You know that guy? Yeah, I went out with him after we dated. He tried to scream me somewhere very uncomfortable once. What, like the back of a Volkswagen? Mallrats, I feel, even though Clerks really gave birth to Jay and Silent Bob, I think this finally kind of gave them... A showcase yeah. for what this like duo really is, and I think it's very sophomoric. It, there's not yes. that much depth to those characters, but at the same time, they're very fun characters right. that kind of like can just kind of fill any kind of gap you have mm-hmm. in any one of those movies. Oh yeah, look, it's a sailboat. You saw it too, damn it! They have a lot of good reoccurring beats throughout this movie. Right. We've said it enough times, but screwing in the back of a Volkswagen right. is an uncomfortable place. That's a really good beat revival throughout this film. Right. You know, not being able to see the sailboat in the magic eye. There's several moments where, like, the little kids show up and go, it's a sailboat. He's like, right. no, the kid says, it's, it's a, a scooter. scooter. And he's like, ha ha, you dumb bastard. <laughs> it's not a scooter. It's a sailboat. A scooter is a sailboat. Stupid and he's like, head. you know what? There is no Easter bunny. It's just a guy in a suit. Uh, and then, of course, Stan Lee, right. you know, saying, oh, a sailboat. Right. And then even uh, Willem's epilogue says Willem eventually sees the sailboat. And he's like, really? All those beat revivals throughout the movie is what really makes it kind of work. I love the smell of commerce in the morning. The security guard, Lafleur's, um, he ends up that, because Trish oh, yeah. he does the book deal. Trish. He doesn't end up dating Trish. He ends up being her, like, her bodyguard. Well, but he also, like, gives her a, like, very romantic kiss, like, on the head. And, like, she kind of has, like, dreamy eyes up at him. So I think we're insinuating that they're hooking up. When did that happen? In the, in the epilogue. I just saw her signing her the books. And she's was... signing it. And then she looks up at him and he gives her a little, like, kiss on the cheek or the forehead or something. Don't question me. Okay, I'm not gonna question you if you if you saw it. <laughs> I saw it. I know what love looks like. That's cool. All I remember is that <laughs> she's signing the books and he's handing them out to people. Well, watch it again once this is okay, over. Okay, so what you're saying, everyone. like he kisses her on the head? Yeah, and so, she just kind of like. Mm. So it could just be like he's just weird. Yes, it's, it could. It could just be like now he's a father figure to her because clearly someone like that might need a father figure. <laughs> yeah, even um, though she has parents. Right, that but her book her. is called like Borgasm, and it's about you know male sexuality or lack thereof from twenty five to thirty five, right. and then here's this like man in his sixties, like this silver fox with icy blue eyes, still wearing the same outfit, I think, and you know, so maybe maybe there's a little something there. I don't know. Okay, well, I didn't really realize that they were dating, but <laughs> how you know? But I guess it's safe to say they could be. Right. That was a that was a tangent, Jim, because I was not <laughs> expecting that. You face forward, or you face the possibility of shock and damage. My last gem is just Stanley in mm-hmm. this movie. Of course, he passed away recently. We talked about him a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Just seeing Stanley in this movie, I think it was. You know, Kevin Smith is a comic book nerd, so it makes sense that Stan Lee would be in one of his movies. Yeah. I think it was the perfect use of him. Yeah. And then having him come back in Captain Marvel with his Mallrats script, and he's kind of practicing the line, trust me, true believer, over and over again. And you hear him say, 
trust me, true believer, to Brody. It's kind of a special moment, I think. Like, seeing Captain Marvel recently and then watching this movie again, it, like, I was, it, like, it, it got me a little bit. Yeah, and it's just, it was great. And also, we didn't even, I don't know if we talked about this also, but, like, Michael Roker in this movie, there's a Marvel connection as oh, well. Yeah. That happened down the road, but he plays... Uh, Yandu? Yandu yeah. in uh, the Guardians of the Galaxies, uh, Volume is, 1 and 2. Who is the misunderstood father figure. So do you think it's connected that Maybe. Michael Roker, after puking, after the, the, Maybe po- the that's poopy pretzels, uh, ends up being Yandu? Pretzels, you puke your guts out, and then you become this blue Yandu kind of guy. Yeah, and you're really good at whistling and uh, working an arrow. Yeah. Know? Easter Bunny's waiting. Wow, it's a schooner. <laughs> you dumb bastard. Those are all the gems I have. Uh, are there any other gems that I mean, you have in this movie? This whole conversation has been full of gems, um, but I do have one that we haven't touched on yet, and that's just a fun Kevin Smith thing, which is the the store names. Okay. Uh, the names of these stores, if you kind of look in the background, and sometimes they say the names, or sometimes you just see them, but I, I, I kind of listed out a couple. We have Burning Flesh Tanning Salon. Um, there is Rug Muncher's Carpet Outlet. Okay. <laughs> Buy Me Toys. Comic Toast. Time for Cookies. Gerbils, Gerbils, Gerbils. And One Potato Two. That's just some of the ones. Of course, there's others that we've talked about before. I didn't recognize any of those names when I watched this movie. <laughs> well, because they don't really say them. Like Buy Me Toys, they'll say. But a lot of those other ones, you just see yeah. it in the background or, you know, in a transition. They'll like show three different storefronts. Right. I remember fashionable mail because that's like said multiple mm-hmm. times, but I did not uh, notice uh, Rug Muncher's Carpet Outlet. Yes. <laughs> uh, or Burning Flesh Tanning Salon. I guess yeah, that was right like a transition. Face. Yeah. Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs qualify as food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid mall snacking. I, I have one more gem that I just thought oh. of. We were going to talk about it, but we haven't yet. But I think a gem is just the escalator. Um, there's one point where Brody and T.S. are talking they pass um, a mother and her young son Mm -hmm. and he's sitting tugging at her pant leg on the escalator sitting on the escalator going down and Brody kind of stops his conversation and just says like I hope that kid off the escalator well he also says like I hope that kid like gets caught in there and like you know gets tragically injured and like T.S. is like, whoa, dude, calm down. And he's like, no, because the parents should learn a lesson. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think her fallopian tubes could handle the sperm? Overall, what are your last thoughts on this film? And I guess uh, just give this movie a rating. Let's say Easter eggs. How many Easter eggs would you give Mallrats? I would give Mallrats maybe like four Easter eggs and a snoochie boochie because... This movie is a lot of what I loved and enjoyed about movies when I was in college and like thought about what I would want to make. Like there were times when I was like looking up production companies in Red Bank, New Jersey, because in my head I was like, if I work in Red Bank, New Jersey, then maybe I can work on a Kevin Smith movie because this was just like he's the coolest and I love the the interconnected storylines and all the pop culture references and I like I like dialogue and I like character development and so this movie meant a lot to me then and it was always like also really fun and I wasn't like a big weed smoker or anything like that so it was kind of this very pure fun for me so I like it for all of those reasons and that's why I give it 
four Easter eggs, and a snoochie booch. I think I'm with you on the four Easter eggs. Um, I'm going to agree. I'll I'll second your rating. Mm -hmm. I think this movie is just fun. Mm -hmm. And I think Kevin Smith movies, especially in this this universe that he's created. Eskuniverse. Eskuniverse. This is when I think the jokes have kind of ran old at this point. I think he's kind of like wrote the same movie a few times now. Yeah. Not not to say other people haven't done that. And that's fine. He's entitled to do whatever he wants. But I think this is when it was a little bit more fresh. Mm -hmm. And the writing is fun because there's a lot of just fun side characters. The story itself, I kind of like how it just exists in the mall. Mm -hmm. It's just a day in the life. Yeah. It's random events happening. There's side characters. There are main characters. They have clear conflicts. I think T.S. is kind of a boring character. Yeah. Um, to a degree. I think it's still a decent character, but I think Brody is really what shines oh, in this yeah. movie. And Brody has more depth. Yeah. But I think those two really worked well together. They're very believable mm-hmm. as friends. You could totally see them hanging out at the mall together. Yeah. Kevin Smith can write a supporting character like nobody else. Um, yes, he can. And I think Mallrats, though, is when this was kind of at Kevin Smith's, like, this is very fresh. This is very mm-hmm. strong. I don't know if the movie's aging the best into this era of films. Right. And especially kind of the movies that he started creating after this. I'm not that huge of a fan of. Yeah. But Mallrats has a special place mm-hmm. in my heart for rewatchable movies. And in my VHS collection. Yes. Uh, do you have a VHS of Mallrats? Um, I actually think I do at my mom's house. Okay, gotcha. Well, you're going to we'll, have to go get that this we'll Easter. <laughs> yeah, but overall, Mallrats, I think we're both agreeing it. Four Easter eggs. And a snoochie booch. And one hug from Suzanne. Aww. So before we wrap up this show, I know that you've prepared some Mall Rats trivia for us. Yeah. So let's do a little trivia, and then we can say Happy Easter. Oh. How do you like that trivia? Okay, so I know you're probably wondering, why does Svenning really hate TS so much? There was an alternate opening scene in which Spenning hosts a ball for the governor of New Jersey. And in the scene, T.S. is dressed up like a colonial musket man. And he gets his musket tangled up in Brandy's hair, then accidentally shoots the governor. Uh, it ends up costing Mr. Spenning his reputation, obviously. Uh, they, they, they cut it, but they did reference it in the final cut of the movie, where the TV execs kind of mentioned to Spenning that they don't want a repeat of the governor's ball. But they took that opening scene out completely but it totally started with this whole weird opening of this ball and somebody getting shot i am gobsmacked by that uh (laughs) trivia i'm so glad they took it out because that is just it would add to more aging issues with this movie well it's very ridiculous because that would just kind of ruin what they have going with ts's character he just kind of seems like an every man that has a relationship where his girlfriend's father is controlling and a dick to him mm-hmm. um when you throw in this like kind of bumbling idiot that causes yeah harm. dumber dumber moment <laughs> uh like shot someone i think it's good just reference we don't yeah. want, want another governor's ball situation it's, it's not needed for this movie it's weird some casting trivia uh the studio wanted ethan hawk for t.s quint Okay, I could, I could buy that. Mm-hmm. They also wanted either Mike Myers, Adam Sandler, or Chris Farley for the role of Brody Bruce. Or Chris Farley? Yeah. 
So these three so like SNL guys. So it could be potentially Chris Farley and Ethan Hawke in these roles. Mm-hmm. Well, this is '95. No, I don't buy that at all. Well, I mean, I love Chris Farley, but. Now remember, they didn't audition them. This is just what Universal wanted. Well, that's fine, and Universal was wrong because I mean, Adam Sandler could work, but Adam Sandler's pretty popular, like in in this era in '95. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I think Ethan Hawke would have worked. Totally. Uh, because Ethan Hawke was a little fresh, and he would have been young. I think he did reality bites around that time. Right. But Adam Sandler, definitely Chris Farley. Even and, Mike Myers. And Mike Myers, he probably did Wayne's World around that time. They're way, they were way yeah. too big. It would be too much of Mike Myers in a movie, whereas Jason Lee at that time was just Brody. I guarantee people to this day, if Jason Lee's in a movie, they go, oh, Brody's in that movie. Right. So for the ladies, um, Alyssa Milano auditioned for the role of Renee, which eventually went to Shannon Doherty. Uh, and Jennifer Love Hewitt tried out for the role of Trish the Dish. How do you like that, Trish? Well... No. I know you you you'd be into that one. I you know what's funny about Jennifer Love Hewitt is all dudes love her and all women like just hate her, <laughs> right? Do you like Jennifer Love Hewitt? Eh, I, I I could do without her. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> I would have hooked up with her in a very uncomfortable place. <laughs> I just can't see her the doing that scene. I can't see her doing the sex tape at the end of uh, of the movie. Oh, I can see her doing. Oh, that. I know you probably do, you're probably seeing it right now. I'm googling it right now. <laughs> Another piece of trivia: that magic eye that's supposed to be a sailboat actually depicts a set of like four um, four by three geometrical symbols. So I think there was like a circle and a square and a triangle and things like that. It's just four symbols in a little square. So, not a sailboat, so that's probably why you couldn't see it. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it doesn't look like a scooter either. But schooner. Everyone, a schooner? Schooner. So they said a schooner? Yeah, a oh. schooner is a sailboat, stupid head. Whoa. <laughs> I always thought that the kids said scooter. No, schooner. Oh, I just thought they're dumb kids and they said... No, they're smart kids and they know what a schooner is. Oh my god, I never knew the kids You're said that's basically a schooner. <laughs> you, brought, you brought your lunch, you're ready for this podcast. No, I really honestly <laughs> thought to this day the kids said, oh, a scooter. And then he's like, you dumb bastard, mm-hmm. a scooter's not a sailboat. Schooner. Wow, alright, well you learned something <laughs> in this trivia. I'm really excited for my last bit of trivia. We have finally gotten down to the bottom of why Shannon Doherty wore so many outfits in this movie. Okay, why? She had a clause in her contract that she could keep everything her character wore, so she came up with the plan that Renee would wear everything she bought on her shopping trip. So Shannon Doherty got like six new outfits. Was she that hard-pressed for cash to I get think outfits? I she's just a... She is an eccentric woman. She's <laughs> she an eccentric just, young girl. I mean, I was sure Kevin Smith's like, keep the outfits, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, and the, the funniest thing is, it's not like she was in the Devil Wears Prada, where she's got like these really bougie, expensive, like Louis Vuitton heels that she's wearing. She's in like stockings and a, a dress that I'm pretty sure I own from Walmart. Like it wasn't like she's in super. Fi- she's in cool, like cool girl '90s clothes. I still don't get it though, because Kevin Smith is directing this movie, and they have people that do wardrobe. <laughs> in her contract, she's like, I get to keep everything she wears. In okay. my, in my you want con- the boxers and the t-shirt she's wearing in bed in the beginning? In, in, Here you go. In my contract, 
uh, continuity does not matter. Yeah. I wonder if she's just a really smart businesswoman and she's like, what if my acting career fails? I want to have this memorabilia that I could sell. Maybe, maybe Shannon Doherty isn't a bitch. She's a genius. That's it for our trivia. Yes, that's it. That was some good trivia. Very enlightening. Uh, here's what I've learned. Uh, the little kid says schooner. And now that joke makes a lot more sense. I always thought the kid just said scooter. Yeah. And that is stupid. I would have had a chance to watch Ben Affleck do Jennifer Love Hewitt from behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, T.S. shot some shot a a governor. governor with a musket. <laughs> On the roof of a school. But it also would have made more sense why Brandy's ready to dump him. I learned some stuff in this trivia. Lots of trivia. I want to do a special quick Easter top five with you. Easter top five? Yeah, because it's Easter. I want to know, you know, (laughs) a top five rabbits in movies. Well, okay. Well, it's not the bottom. It's the... My top five rabbits in movies? Give right. me a rabbit. I think we should. I'll give you a rabbit. I mean, my favorite rabbit is Roger Rabbit. Yes. Yes. That is, so, that mean, is that's the number, number one. one. That's the number one rabbit. And the rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. That is so fierce. And uh, it took the holy hand grenade to blow it up. Yes. There's yeah. some other rabbits in between. I mean, oh, Bugs on. Bunny and Space Jam. Bugs Bunny and Space Jam. That's on my list. So that's number two for me. I'm just going yeah. from top to bottom. How about, how about like Thumper from Bambi? That's a pretty cute rabbit. Thumper's okay. I'll let you have Thumper. I'm okay. going to go ahead and take uh, the rabbit from Winnie the Pooh and oh, the new Christopher rabbit. Robin movie. Okay. Rabbit. All right. I'm going to go with the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, but specifically the 1984-85 white rabbit. I'll, I'll take that as well. Okay. That's a great rabbit. I also want to mention Donnie Darko's rabbit. That was an okay rabbit. Yeah. Um, and maybe the rabbits from Us and The Favorite. The reveal that it was actually uh, Randy Quaid's son from Independence Day <laughs> kind of didn't do it for me. Dad. Lucas Farms on the other side of town. <laughs> and also, isn't there a character in a movie called Rabbit? Rabbit from Twister. Yes. Yeah, he's not an actual rabbit. He is a human. Oh, God. I learned something else tonight. He calls himself Rabbit, but that's a good one. Well, this is a really fun, uh, spontaneous uh, rabbit top five. We ra- a rabbit off. That was if a you good. Will. That was a good, really fast rabbit off. Yeah. I don't know why rabbits have anything to do with Easter. Do you? I don't know because they don't lay eggs. They find eggs. We could have. I mean, I guess we could have researched that. But this was a great Easter movie. <laughs> I really enjoyed this Easter special. I mean, yes, this is an Easter special, Mallrats edition. The only reason it's really an Easter movie is because Jay and Silent Bob beat up a rabbit mm-hmm. in a mall. Who's dressed as the Easter Bunny? They beat up the Easter Bunny. They beat up the Easter Bunny. Sorry, sorry. They beat up the Easter Bunny, and it happens to be uh, like Easter weekend when yeah. they're shopping. But it really has nothing to do with anything besides no. there's just the easter bunnies at the mall right um it's yeah. a great random holiday for them to choose to film this movie around so how about you guys all do yourself a favor and do what we did go watch mall rats and enjoy all the blasts from the pastness that yeah. this movie will present to you because it's been a while for us and i bet it's been a while for you but mm-hmm. mall rats it's fun to rewatch and give us a rating on itunes you can give us five stars and then in the comments let us know how many easter eggs you give mall rats yeah and you can also give us five easter eggs you never know yeah instead just of stars see if that works. you know 
Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Yeah. This is fun doing it. We hope you have a happy and safe Easter. Yes. Hope you get. Hope you eat a lot of candy. Lots of candy and what else? Do you find those Easter eggs. There's chocolate. There's like Cadbury eggs. Yeah. You know. The Peeps. Get me some Peeps. I'm not a big fan of Peeps. I love Peeps. Well, you can have all the Peeps. I don't need the Peeps. I'll eat the Peeps. I'm all about the chocolates and the jelly beans. All right. And everyone stay out of the back of a Volkswagen. Yep. Yep. It's an uncomfortable place. Thanks for listening. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating pictures, it's so great. Movies, so join us, everybody, for the Film and You Win Show. Let's get some lunch. Cut!